0: As I start this morning, I want to rewind a little bit. I want to go back to December, Uh, because December, if you didn't know, is a pretty busy month in the life of the church. Uh, It's Advent season, and that means there are extra readings in the life of the church every Sunday, and that takes a little bit of extra planning and coordination. It means that there's going to most likely be a cantata. And there's planning what that's going to look like and how do you get two churches that work together to have a worship service together. There's Jubilee and all the planning that goes into that. That's almost nothing, right? (laughs) December also means the week before Christmas that you have the longest night service. You have Christmas Eve and this year you even had Sunday morning service on Christmas Day. December ends up being a very busy and very fulfilling time in the life of the church. And there's one more thing that you all don't see, most of you don't see, about December in the church. And I want to say this very carefully. This is not meant to be a criticism. But in December, around the church, there are a lot, and I mean a lot, of treats in the office. Cookies, brownies, blondies, cupcakes, snack popcorn. People love dropping off stuff. They do it for the staff as a sign of appreciation, and we are so appreciative. (laughs) But there's one thing that happens, and that is that by the time it is all done, by the end of December, my blood sugar feels like it is going to go through the roof I feel like I can't sit still all the time. And so last year, I tried something new. In January, I gave up all sugar, processed sugar. I ate fruit still. But just for the month of January, I gave up processed sugar. And I thought about this, I did it again this year as well. And it, you know, there's also sugar and alcohol. So in a way, I was practicing dry January before it was cool. And I say that because this year, Dry January seems like it's everywhere. Have you heard this concept before? Dry January folks give up alcohol for the month of January. And there are so many people doing it this year that the New York Times ran an article about how it's actually hurting local bars and restaurants because people aren't going out as much because they've given up alcohol. Sorry, I'll try to make up for it in February. But I was thinking about about this because our scripture for today has to do with fasting. And Jesus is going to talk about the correct way to do a fast. And even though, in a way, dry January is a fast, it is going without something. It's actually not what Jesus meant by fasting. Because if we're not careful, we, we tend to make fasting about about making us better people, like trying to lower your blood sugar, in my case, which is a very noble goal, I I think, I hope. But if we're not careful, we can turn fasting into dieting. And dieting tends to give us the idea that we have to improve ourselves. And if you're not careful, you can make it into the idea that you have to improve yourself to be worthy of God's love. Fasting is different than that. Because fasting is not actually a contest for righteousness. Fasting is actually how you make room for God in your life. So we're going to hear Jesus talk about this. He's going to talk about not boasting about your fasting. You probably won't see Jesus with a hashtag dry January. Because fasting is meant to be between you and God. So let's hear our scripture today from Matthew chapter 6. And whenever you fast, do not look somber like the hypocrites, for they mark their faces to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, there, your heart will be also. Well oh, may God, bless this reading. Well, it can be difficult in our culture to grasp the idea that you would give up something for some other reason than self-improvement. And it's partly because if you follow the news or social media or anything, there's always some kind of fad diet going around. Uh, you're supposed to give up carbs, or you're supposed to give up all fats, or cut out sugar. And then your body will improve, and you'll become a better person. There's even the paleo diet. I think we've, the paleo diet's been in the news often enough, which says that you should eat like a caveman. You should cut out products like legumes, grains, dairy, and other things that emerged after the paleolithic period. It's like at that moment, the human digestive system reached its peak, and everything after that might be bad for us. I tried it once for a month. It's really boring. It's my biggest critique of it. And you know, I don't really mean that we shouldn't ever do any of these things. In my own life, about a year ago, I started weightlifting. And when you weightlift, uh, you really need to eat more protein than you've ever tried to eat in your life. And so I've done this where I've tried to cut out some fats and include some protein in my diet. And I think done in moderation, these kinds of diets, they're not really a bad thing at all. Self-improvement is not bad, done in moderation. But in a few weeks, we're going to enter the season of Lent. And for a lot of people, people, you give up something for Lent. And sometimes we confuse that desire to fast, to give up something, with the desire for self-improvement. You know how this goes. You give up chocolate or soda or alcohol because you definitely eat or drink too much of that and it's not good for you. But we're kind of confusing things here, because fasting, in a religious sense, is not really about self-improvement. At least not in the way a diet is. And in fact, fasting isn't even about giving up bad things. It's not about cutting out things in your life that are harmful. Fasting can often be about abstaining from things that are good, which sounds a little bit weird, but stick with me. You know, I got this idea when I I heard somebody teaching about Celtic Christianity. Uh, There was this version of Christianity that flourished in Ireland after St. Patrick visited the island in the fifth century. And Celtic Christianity was a very creation-centered faith. It really thought that you could see God all around you in creation. But it was also famous for another thing. Aestheticism, which is a fancy way of talking about religious practices where you go without. So in monasteries, we've all heard this. You take things like vows of poverty. And you take vows of celibacy. So monks will go without material possessions and without sexual relations. They give up these things in their lives. And in Celtic monasteries following St. Patrick, there's even an even more extreme feeling around these things. Monks would isolate themselves in caves, giving up human community, and even giving up their bed and warmth. There's this one story that they tell of a monk who caught his abbot sneaking out of the monastery at four in the morning. He didn't know where he was going, and so he followed him one night. And it turned out that the abbot was waking up, going to the the North Sea, which is a little bit cold, wading into the water and chanting psalms. There was this intense aestheticism among these monks. But what I learned from the presenter that day is that in a Celtic sense, the point of these practices wasn't self-improvement. I mean, you'd have to figure out what wading into frigid water would improve about you. But what I learned was that these monks did not believe that they were giving up bad things in order to focus on good things. Rather, what they believed was that they were giving up good things to focus on better things by not allowing every one of their desires to be fulfilled in an earthly way, they could instead focus that desire on God. And this is what I think Jesus is getting at in today's passage, right? Don't fast so that people can see you. Don't hashtag fast. Because fasting is not about what you look like to others fasting is not making sure that you appear religious or righteous. Rather, fasting is about carving out a space for God. It's about giving up some things in life, some things that are even good for a period so that you can make room for this relationship. And I think that this In our world makes a lot of sense. We really don't need one more diet program. We don't need the Lent diet, doesn't need to exist. But we do live in a world in which we have a lot going on. We live in a world in which our every desire can be fulfilled and often without any waiting We have social media. We have same-day Amazon deliveries. We have how many streaming services at this point? If you want to watch a movie, you can find it now. We live in this world of absolute convenience. And yet, we live in a world that is absolutely overwhelming us. And how do we choose what to do with our time if there are so many options? And what happens when you want to add one more thing? What happens when you want to make space for one more thing? There's this saying that's become popular in the last few years, uh, FOMO. It stands for the fear of missing out. And it's this anxiety that develops when we're afraid that we're gonna miss something. And it drives a ton of online behavior. I can't get off of Twitter because I need to know what's gonna happen. I can't stop looking at Facebook because I might miss something. But we can imagine this idea seeping into our lives Even as we get more and more busy day after day, there's always something more to do. There aren't enough hours in the day. And you know, being involved in the world, it's not a bad thing. Keeping up with friends and family and acquaintances, not a bad thing. Those are good things, but We do live in a world where stress and anxiety are high, and we each keep trying to keep up with a world that is so fast we can't possibly keep up with it, and a world that is in many ways getting faster. But there's been this counter trend the last few years. And to me, it sounds an awful lot like fasting. The counter trend is called JOMO. It's the joy of missing out. There was even a book written a couple years ago called Jomo, The Joy of Missing Out. And it talked about the importance of cutting out things in our lives so that we can focus on what is really important. And that's the point of Jomo. We have too much to do. So much so that we're not actually giving ourselves fully to the things that are most important. Our lives can be so stretched thin that while we have more on our calendars, we don't actually have enough time to give ourselves to any one thing. And so we have to ask ourselves, what what if we gave something up? Again, not because it's bad. What if we gave up some good things because there might be something better? What if rather than having 50 things on our calendar, we had 10 that we could really give our attention to? And this is what the core of fasting is it's really not about becoming a better self, it's not really about appearing as though you were righteous. It's about cutting out something in your life in order to make room for something that is better for something like God. One of the reasons we should contrast this with dieting is that dieting is inherently based on the idea that there is something wrong with us. And if you turn fasting into dieting, then what you're saying is that your relationship with God is based on something being wrong with you and your need to improve it. And trust me, None of us will ever get to the point where we can earn God's love. But the truth is, God does love you already the way you are. There are no improvements necessary. But what you need, and what I need, and what we all need is the space. We need the space in our lives to turn our attention to God, to sit with God, to be present with the God who calls us and knows us and loves us because there is so much in our lives that takes our attention away that distracts us and preoccupies us and fasting calls us to set aside some of that even if only for a time even if only for 40 days in Lent fasting calls us to stillness To a space where there is no urgency where there is no FOMO where there is only the experience of a God who already loves you so we can call this whatever we want, you can call it JOMO joy of missing out when we fast it's not in order to improve ourselves when we fast we're setting aside some of the good stuff in life so that we can focus on something that is better, something that is much better, something like God's love, which is already present, which is already here waiting for us to receive it. Amen. As we gather for worship this morning, we invite you to connect with us if you get a chance. If it's your first Sunday, you would take a moment to introduce yourself following worship, um, or if you're online and you want to leave a message or an email, we would love to get to know more about what brought you to our church.